This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 199, My Cyborg Life. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friend, your friend, and I think his own friend, Evan. Are Just you, Evan. Are you your own friend, Evan? No, I'm not. Not a friend to yourself? I'm really not, Ben. Evan, if you can't accept yourself, you can't accept the rest of the world. Just in all honesty. I really don't know if that makes any kind of logical sense, but no, I said it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, moving yeah. on from my personal problems. Yeah. How you hey, doing? I'm okay. That's good. I'm okay. I'm just sitting here and thinking about our topic. It's a good one. It is a good one. And, and it's been on the list for a long, long time. Yeah. And so we finally got to it. And this is getting back into some of the stuff that um, we used to enjoy doing here at Strangers and Aliens. We haven't done a lot of this kind of thing where we just kind of take a topic and pick it apart instead of taking a movie, picking it apart, or taking you know characters and lists and all sorts of things like that. But we're getting back into, in some ways, just saying, hey, here's a sci-fi trope. Let's explore it. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. Have fun. That's the plan. So put on your party hats, everybody, because this is going to be fun. And you're going to like it. Yeah, you know me. I always end up with a lampshade on my head. <laughs> and and a toga. Yeah, that's just because I like to hide in the corner and look like a curtain with a lamp hanging over it. It is a weird thing you do. Man, we are not doing well. Let's Let's move on to the actual topic here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're here. The topic is cyborgs. Ooh, cyborgs. Yeah, yeah. So, Evan, do you know what a cyborg is? I believe so. Well, tell me. What do you think a cyborg is? And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. It is a living organism. Wrong. Oh, okay. You weren't done yet. Sorry. I was. Continue. It is a living organism that yes. has lost something that is vital to its anatomy, or not vital, but that it used to have in its anatomy, and it has been replaced with some sort of technology to uh, pick up the handicap. As I understand it, that is part of the definition. Okay. Uh, but you can go one step further. It's not just that it is um, a restorative thing. It can be an enhancement using technology, using outside technology to enhance the abilities of someone okay. or something. 
And so, for example, something else I haven't done in a long time, um, self-promotion, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my, um, my graphic novel series, Time Flies. Those are cyborg flies because they are mechanically enhanced flies that have powers and abilities beyond what a fly would normally have, but it's outside of their own organic uh, natural attributes. Right. So, okay, but here's my thing, Ben. Give it to me. Okay. Now, to be a cyborg, Mm -hmm. the enhancement has to be a part of your body. Does it? I I think so because otherwise Iron Man's a cyborg and I don't think he is. Well, Well, he actually is because Evan that we're going to need to talk about because. Well, I just defeated my own point because he has an arc reactor in his chest. Yeah, but I still think you're. I understand if you want to personally define it that way, but (laughs) we are going to have when you get into the actual definition of cyborg. Okay. Um, I think that I have some examples that you're going to have to accept. That don't follow exactly that definition, but well, do that, follow your original definition of restoring something that's been lost. That is the way the show usually goes. I you talk for a while, and then I, I change my opinion based on. Uh... Well, it, this isn't opinion. <laughs> this is changing your definition, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're when you commonly think of a cyborg, you think of someone like Steve Austin. A man barely alive who was restored to become stronger, faster, better because he was in a plane crash. His legs were destroyed, his arm torn away, his eye poked out, and they fixed him. They put mechanical atomic-powered legs on him, a mechanical atomic-powered arm, and then a mechanical atomic-powered eye. Uh, he has a lot of radiation in his body, um, <laughs> which they never really address. That he probably should have brain cancer if his eye really is, you know, going on atomic power. Uh, that's a but '70s show, right? It is a show from the '70s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because and they they knew about the effects of nuclear radiation. They then, absolutely but, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I was watching a uh, you know a, a Walt Disney back in the 1950s. He made all these science uh, programs for the Disneyland show. And there's one called Our Friend, the Atom, and they're explaining about the wondrous new uh, technology of nuclear and atomic radiation. And they're, you know, they're they got chalkboards and stuff. And the guy goes over and he's like, picks up this rock and he's like, this is a block of uranium. And he's just holding it in his hand <laughs> on the desk with no protection. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Here's the thing. They knew about radiation poisoning then, too. Did they? They did. They absolutely did. <laughs> I mean – if they didn't know about it before, after they dropped the bombs in World War II, I mean, radiation poisoning was one of the worst parts of the destruction and devastation from the atomic bombs that we dropped on Japan. I mean, they knew right. they knew about this. Radiation poisoning was not only a thing. It was a dramatic, terrible, awful thing that they knew about. So, mm. yeah, I don't know about your guy with the uranium stone. But. He did. He had it in his hand. <laughs> walking around with it i'm like this guy's gonna get cancer (laughs) he's gonna lose his hand that's not good no that's not good so anyway um yeah so we normally would think of something like the bionic man uh who is a cyborg they they hardly use the word 
in the show. They used it. I've only heard it. I mean, I've been watching through both the Bionic Man or the Six Billion Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. I've been watching those shows with my kids, and I think I've heard the word cyborg maybe in three episodes. I feel like it has a negative connotation. Cyborg does. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just feel like the word sounds kind of scary, scary sci-fi. And you know, when I when I think of a cyborg, I usually think of like a guy with half face, half metal skull, with the yeah, with yeah. the red eyeball. You know, I don't know. Well, so maybe and, that's why. And here's the thing: the one time that I remember with uh, it was Jamie Summers, the Bionic Woman. She reveals that she has these mechanical parts. She also happened to be in an accident where she lost both of her legs and her right arm, but not her eye. It was her ear. Huh. And she reveals that she has these powers to someone. He says, you're a cyborg. And she says, well, I prefer, you know, to be, be called a bionic or, you know, and it just has a better ring to it. But yeah, cyborg, cybernetic uh, organism. <laughs> and yeah, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But when they did three TV movies afterward, um, the first TV movie that they did, the six million dollar six million dollar man and bionic woman, uh, <laughs> they brought back uh, Steve Austin's unknown son that we didn't know that he had from a previous marriage, and they do so many gymnastics to make it so you're okay with the fact that he has a son, but that you make sure you know he did not cheat on right. Jamie Summers, and also it was legitimate; it was not outside of marriage, so. Before the show, before the original show began, he and Jamie Summers had a relationship, and then they broke up. They broke it off, and then the show starts, and he he needs to get his bionics, and then season two or something like that, she shows up, and he's a, she's a long-lost love, right? And she falls, and, and she has her accident. Well, between the time when he broke up with her when he, you know, before he had his accident and he gets back together with her after he has his accident, he married someone. It didn't go very well. They separated, but didn't divorce. She died. Uh, but she had his son and was taking care of his son. So during that whole time, there's this other woman out there. She died though, before he got back together with Jamie Summers <laughs> so that you're like he's not cheating on anyone they they had to do all this backward stuff so that they could get a son who's an adult son in that TV movie <laughs> now in the TV movie then his adult son is a pilot crashes and you'll never believe it but loses both his legs and his right arm no way and his eye <laughs> So no, but they gave what him, a coincidence. Yeah, they gave him a laser eye though. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about this in an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah. And then in the next one, the next TV movie, they forget about him, and they bring in Sandra Bullock. Uh, <laughs> but she was someone with a spinal injury, and they gave her this uh, nanobot kind of treatment that's just in her body, and, and allows her then to have these enhanced abilities and and everything like that. So she becomes this kind of other kind of cyborg where it's not that they've replaced parts, but it's that they've put technology into her body to allow her to have these, you know, she's able to run. She has super strength. She has super hearing. I don't know if they gave her a laser eye. Maybe, maybe not, but 
I've never actually seen an episode of the Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man or or the Bionic Woman. Yeah, you're missing something. Haven't done it. No, there's there. You are missing some good stuff. It's there's cheese, but the first the first TV movie that they made as like the pilot episode for the sh- for what would become the show. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty strong. It's surprisingly strong. I mean, they have him after his accident dealing with suicidal thoughts and you know i'm i'm only part of a man now and then when they put the robot parts on him um you know he's he's he has to deal with the psychological implications of his wounds and his hurts but then also of what he is now that he's been enhanced and and having to embrace that or reject it and it's interesting it's very interesting and they they uh, of course in the end they affirm life and it's not a depressing kind of thing in the in the end, but um, yeah, it's, it is. A, it, it was, I was I was surprised how good that that first TV movie was. Hmm. The second TV movie is basically James Bond with bionic legs, <laughs> and they're really shooting for that kind of feel of the super spy who goes on these super spy missions. But, yeah, so that's cool. the bionic man. But well, yeah. I, I know those are some of your favorite cyborgs, Ben. They are. They are some. So you you picture a cyborg. You picture someone who it's more. It, it almost sounds like because of the negative connotation, you, you're you're latching on to some of the body horror. Well, I as soon as you mention cyborg, I immediately think of cyborg Superman, who's my favorite. Interesting. I thought you were going to go straight to cyborg. No, no, no. He no. is not one of my favorites. Actually, he's one um, of the first you think of because of the name. He is. He yeah. is. But yeah. Cyborg Superman is actually the first one I think of, and he's a bad guy, and he's scary looking. And his uh, he was Hank Henshaw, and he actually – like he has the classic look of a cyborg, but he's actually a very unconventional uh, cyborg because in the comic books, he and his family go up into space, and it's just a straight Fantastic Four ripoff storyline. Is it really? Oh, absolutely. If you go read that. So it's him and his wife and his friend, the two friends, and they go up and they're astronauts and they get hit by cosmic radiation and they come back down. And one of their friends turns into a giant rock monster. One of them turns into this blue flamey guy. And I think his wife starts to disappear. This is after death of Superman, right? This is right before. Oh, it's before. Okay. Yeah. A year or two before, I think. And uh, go ahead. (laughs) This is all new to me. Like (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So glad I can glad I can illuminate this. Yeah, yeah. What and I'm expecting him to have stretchy powers, but instead, all his hair falls out, and he's just gonna die. And so it's like, man, he got the raw deal. And it turns out they're all gonna die. They're all they all have like 24 hours to live. They're trying to track down someone to help them. Everything's going wrong. People are mistaking them for supervillains. Superman ends up fighting them, and eventually they all die, uh, including Hank Henshaw. But it turns out his body only dies. He actually did get a superpower, and it was to be able to move his consciousness into machinery. And so using that power, he escaped the Earth by beaming himself up to a satellite or something and or getting into one of old uh, Superman's old rocket ships. And from that rocket ship that he stole, he used the metal and the tech and the residual Kryptonian DNA to transform himself into a humanoid that could impersonate Superman. It's very complicated. Yeah, because that's what I knew about him is that he was one of the four – people who were kind of coming in to 
replace Superman after Superman's death, where you had right um, this guy, you had Superboy, who was a mm-hmm. clone, and you had um, Eradicator, Eradicator, and you had Steel, mm-hmm. and yeah, because I had read the novel Death of Superman. Okay, that's no, that's so long ago. Yeah, um, and they make you they make it think. They make you think that uh, you know any one of these guys, except for Steel, could be Superman's actual replacement. Where they were going with this in the comic books, but then eventually it turns out none of them are, and uh, the cyborg guy's evil, and he's he's at this plan to destroy the Earth the whole time. So I just I I immediately think of him. He's got you know Superman was mortally wounded and torn apart by doomsday so he comes back and cyborg superman's got you know half his face is metal and half and he's got a metal arm and he's got like a yeah, metal yeah. leg and and yeah so he just looks like he's been patched up and so that's what what i think of i also think of um now if you think about it if you had been in the middle of that whole death of superman thing and they bring mm-hmm. in was it the reign of the superman i think the reign yep. of the superman yep they bring that in to me at the time, I wasn't reading them, but I was following what was going on here, and he was the most likely candidate to actually yeah. be Superman. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wasn't. But no, he was pure evil. But as I was looking at these four, like I remember advertisements in like Wizard Magazine, I think that had four, you know, pictures on on the page, and that looked like the most likely candidate. Which of course meant he was the least likely candidate. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, you were, you were going to continue then with, with someone oh, else. Oh, yeah. I also think of uh, Long John Silver from Treasure Planet, where it's a sci fi remake of Treasure Island. Uh, but instead of just having a peg leg, uh, Long John Silver is a full on cyborg. And he's missing an arm, he's missing his leg, he's missing an eye. And he is, he's still the pirate captain, spoiler alert. And, uh, he he has this cool arm that can it can turn into a laser cannon. It has all these gadgets and gizmos that allow him to be a great chef and to uh, serve up dishes faster than anybody else. He's got like a flamethrower, and his eye has like can like rotate and has different lenses he can look through. And he's a pretty cool. Yeah, so he's also a bad guy, sort of. That movie still holds up. It does. I think it's it's a pretty decent good good animated sci-fi like. If we were ever making a list of just animated sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. that's got to be up there. That one and, in Atlantis. Yeah. I want to rewatch that. It's been a long, long time since I've watched that one, and I I don't remember it being as good as I wanted it to be. Dude, it's got Michael J. Fox. Yeah. That that movie captured my imagination as a kid. Absolutely. So it still holds up for me. Yeah. So I also think of um, – there's a few things that – I just can't help thinking of Cyborg from from comics, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the things growing up that I remember being big parts of my childhood, Inspector Gadget. Oh, I was going to say him, yes. Inspector Gadget. I mean, you just – he's the most ridiculous Cyborg. He's the best though. But, I mean – I mean it, it makes – there is no physical way that anything <laughs> that is happening could possibly work. I mean all the stuff that pops out of his hat – that is yes. somehow coming up from his body, through his neck, through his head. Where's his brain? Good question. I mean, there's you have this you have this helicopter gadget that comes up. Three blades, some form of motor is running it. 
uh, the control handles that come out that he holds on to, and they all come up through his head. <laughs> have you seen the Matthew Broderick movie? I have not, no. Oh, Ben, you've got to see that. Do they oh, do they explain it? They no, but they they visualize <laughs> they visualize it in a way that's like okay, that's it's neat to look at. It's like because they do they do some of that six million dollar man stuff where he gets blown up. Uh-huh. He he's a cop and he gets blown up and so they show his his origin. Yeah, they, it's uh-huh. an origin story and they okay. they reconstruct him and like it's his whole body. Like the only thing that survives is like his brain and his heart or something, and like his whole body is is reconstructed. There was actually an action figure I think that you could buy back when it came out where it was you could see all of his insides. Um, and it, you should watch it; it's good. Huh. I mean, it's it's not great, but it's it's worth a watch. It's fun. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give it a try. Maybe sometime if it was on Netflix. Yeah, I know it was. I just don't know if it is now. Don't watch the second one. That's the one with uh, what is it? Not Patrick Stewart. I don't know. He's he's a guy. The, it was the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. I never watched the show. Oh well. Eh. He's not Matthew Broderick. That's all you need to know. <laughs> not that Matthew Broderick is the end all and be all, but okay. <laughs> no, but right. he's a much better Inspector Gadget. Well, sort of. This guy was kind of more closely to the the cartoon show. Yeah, Matthew yeah. Broderick's was a better movie by far. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> okay. Because I haven't seen either. So anyway, so Hey, uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth there Vader. Go. He got pretty messed up and they replaced all his parts and, and there he is. He, not only does he, is he an evil force user, but he's also biomechanical now. And I heard that's why he can't use force lightning because he's got the, He's got metal hands, and he just kill himself, or he'd short circuit. Yeah, if he tried to use it, you know that's a pretty, pretty decent reason. I mean, it's as good as anything. Yeah. Also, force lightning wasn't invented until Return of the Jedi, so there's <laughs> another good true. reason for you. Also true. <laughs> um, yeah, hey. I and I was thinking uh, I put Luke Skywalker on my list. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got a robot hand. You know who else I like that's a cyborg that you wouldn't think of him as a cyborg, but technically is? If you stretch the definition of technology All right. and include some magic into it. <laughs> <laughs> Tin Woodsman. The Tin Woodsman from Wizard of Oz was a real guy. And his body parts were getting got chopped off like one at a time, slowly over time, and were getting replaced with... Wait. Wait, what? Yeah, it's really, really. You're not talking about the Tin Man. Yeah, the Tin Man, Tin Woodsman. Not from the movie. Well, from the the books, yeah. And the guy from the movie is from the book. So he just kept getting chopped? Yeah, it's really, really morbid. Mm. It's really morbid. There's, you'd be surprised how morbid things are, but he would get, things chopped off and each time something would get chopped off it was replaced with something made out of tin until there was nothing left of him but tin Hmm. and his heart was never replaced so he he ends up being you know this thing that needs a heart interesting yeah if his heart was replaced with a tin heart 
would he still be alive? Well, here's the thing. I mean, he gets totally replaced. Everything except for his heart. But he's there's no human left. <laughs> there's no flesh left. He is completely uh, non-living organism as far as his, he doesn't have replicating cells in his body. There is, there's no organic trace. So the question is, is he still a man? That is a good question. Now, because it's magic, and in some ways with some of these stories, you could potentially replace magic with technology, um, he, I would say he still has a soul. Right. I mean, the, the body parts get replaced, but the, it's just the shell that is holding his soul is slowly replaced and, and with one by one with these different things. It's like Pinocchio. No, it's not. Well, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't have any cells, but he's still He's has made a soul. out of wood. I know. He has cells. And this guy's made of whatever, Ben. What? He's wood is of, living. He's made out of dead painted wood. That is cells. Whatever. You took science, right? <laughs> I, I flunked out of biology. I honestly did. Yeah, but you, you looked at things in microscopes and stuff, right? Yes, at some point. Yeah. Plants have cells. They're living things. That's why you have to water them. But when you chop it down and chop it up into little pieces, it's just dead matter. Ben. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't defend you on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna science we're, people. We're gonna right let in. that one sit out there. Who's right? Right in. <laughs> Counting on you. And anyway, that stuff was brought to life by the Blue Fairy. Right. We should do a Pinocchio episode sometime. Maybe a Pinocchio Frankenstein double feature, because Ooh. Pinocchio and the Blue Fairy and Jiminy Cricket, there is it's just ripe with with spiritual applications and spiritual metaphor. And some of it I think is even intentional. I'm not sure exactly how much of it, but some of it is intentional on the artist's part, the creator's part that is Hmm. anyway, that does bring up the question though, of how much of you needs to be there for you to remain you. And if you were just a brain in a robot body, if you were Krang, (laughs) <laughs> that he'd be a, uh, a cyborg, right? Because it's the brain and a synthetic body. No, no, I would no, because he's not a brain. Like he's, I mean, he is a brain, but that's all he is. That's all he ever was. That's all his species is. So he'd be more like Tony Stark in an Iron Man suit. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Then okay, or or a stormtrooper in an ATAT. He's just using that body. As a as yeah, a vehicle, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later too. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, what's another favorite for you? Well, uh, we've used up most of them. How about John uh, Luke Picard? Was, was he, has he an artificial cyber- heart? I did not know that. Yeah, there's an episode of Next Generation where Q will allow him to change his past, and so you actually get to see young Jean Luc Picard. Uh, in his cadet days, and there was a fight that he gets in with aliens, and he gets stabbed through the heart. Oh. And his heart then is, is replaced with this artificial heart. Um, yeah, and, and it's not a big thing. It's not a big deal. 
but um, but yeah, he definitely would be considered someone who has had technology replace and in some ways enhance, but at least replace something that he needed to survive. Hmm. So. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Victor Stone for a second. Victor Stone. A.K.A. Cyborg from the from Teen Titans, the Teen Titans. Justice League. He'll be in the uh, next movie. He was in the last movie. Yep. He wasn't in Suicide Squad. Spoiler. BVS. Did you do you like him? He's an okay character. I mean, for me, he was a character from I don't know if it was still Super Friends or if it had become Superpowers, uh, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But they brought in Cyborg and Firestorm as these okay. kind of two teenage characters. That's so interesting. So is he like what was he a mainstream DC hero at the time? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he had his own book yet, but Cause I always just associate him with Teen Titans. No, I mean they they used him because he was a teen character and Firestorm was another teen character that could be on this team of adults where Rob, Robin was the only young character. I mean they I guess they brought in uh Zan and Jaina. <laughs> and, and Wendy and Marvin to be those those uh, uh Wendy and Marvin teen teen characters that would you know younger people could relate to and, and say oh they get to be with the superheroes right um but it, i mean for me now he's very different uh yeah. in in his importance in the universe anyway of of the DC universe i don't like him in the justice league I, I like it much better when he's in the Teen Titans. I don't know. I think I think maybe it's just because he's I feel like he's taken over a lot of Martian Manhunter's role. Yeah, I've heard people say that. You know? And I you know, Martian Manhunter's part of the Justice League. Um and I, I like him better in the Justice League than I I, know, I love Cyborg in the Titans. I read him in the comic books. Uh, after Young Justice finished its run, and uh, they all joined the Teen Titans, and Cy- Cyborg and Starfire and Beast Boy were all there as kind of like the the senior tenured members. And then you had all my people from Young Justice come in and be the the junior members, and it was really great. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and I loved him in the TV show, also. The Teen Titans TV show. Yeah, he had a whole season uh, where the arc was revolving around him, and it was really good. Well, I think part of it is. Uh, well, I'm not part of it. Here is a he's a black character mm-hmm. who exists and who, who doesn't have to be recreated or created from someone else. So he's not just, you know, he, he's an African-American character putting on the costume of someone who was a white character. Right. And I think that's I mean, a, a good reason to put him in the Justice League also, because they brought back Hal Jordan to be Green Lantern. So John Stewart's out. And And so here's a guy who from the start, that was a part of his character. And he's not just replacing, you know, it, and it's the same thing with with uh, Wonder Woman. I mean, to me, Wonder Woman will all be, always be a superior character that, to Supergirl or Power Girl. Wonder Woman is her own thing. Mm-hmm. Supergirl, Power Girl, they're both kind of defined by Superman. Right. And they've grown beyond that definition just as um, uh, Jon Stewart grew beyond the definition of I was Green Lantern. But part of that was they, they have a nice out there in that the Green Lantern core is like all over the place. And so it's not just Hal Jordan and his legacy, but it's the Green Lantern core and its legacy. 
Right. And, and they just make special exceptions for Earth where Earth can have four Green Lanterns. And why not? We're important. At the same time. I know. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to think of some other of my favorite uh, cyborg characters. And I mean, the Borg obviously come to mind as. Uh, right. I mean, it's they're not really a favorite character, but they are a nameless mind hive menace. And and truthfully, um, there's more body horror there with that, right? As far as you know, these these are people who are going to take your body, they're going to cut off one of your arms and replace it with something, and they're going to, you know, screw a screw into your eyeball, and yeah, like it's there's there's some stuff there, and, and there's some stuff to work through. A lot of these cyborg things in film and and TV. It ends up being like you are a superhero, but you also are going to have to deal with, am I human or not? <laughs> um, whereas in the real world, I don't think you have maybe that same uh, uh, that, that same you know, existential crisis. Or maybe, maybe so. I haven't, well, I haven't experienced you know, the loss of a limb or, or anything like that. So, but even so, people who do lose limbs and things – rarely if ever have the extensive amount of damage that a lot of these tv cyborgs have and also rarely if ever um become superheroes right yeah well i mean they, even, they can do some super things like when you see some of the like um people who have their legs amputated but then they go on to the paralympics and they're running faster than you or i ever could right you know and but but if you if you were blown up and the only thing that survived was your brain, heart, and lungs, I mean, and, and you had to be put in a body. There'd be a pretty huge existential crisis there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there would be. I mean, I'm that, not going to lie. <laughs> that's what happened in RoboCop. And yeah. Um. Okay, I got I got one for you. Did you ever see uh, Bicentennial Man? I did. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? It's a long time ago. I don't remember. Wasn't he just a robot? He was a robot, and he wanted to become a man, and so he 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 is kind of did the opposite. He uh, replaced his he replaced his robot parts with biologically engineered. I huh. think I, I think, don't remember that. Yeah, that I think was, was a long movie, man. Yeah, that was difficult to watch. I haven't seen it in a while. I think it was biologically engineered, or maybe it was it was stuff. I can't remember. I think it was. Um, anyway, but he, that was an interesting, it's like the opposite number where he, he wants to become a man and he basically at the end, he has all, everything that he was has been replaced with biologically synthetic um, stuff. Because and, I remember he dies in the movie. And that's, that's what clinches it because okay. he, he wants to become a human and they're like, sorry, we will never consider you a human when you can live forever. And so eventually he gives himself a, a limit on his life and he allows himself to degrade and die. And that's when they finally uh, proclaim him that he was a human. Yeah. I'm, I, huh? I, I don't, I mean, I remember him living forever. I remember the movie being just long <laughs> and I remember being just antsy and ready to get out of the theater. Okay, I didn't um, see it in the theater. And I also remember him dying. 
Yep. And, and and I don't remember any details. I think at that point I was checked out, man. Have you seen uh, – and this, this would be a good one for our, our conversation where we talk about, you know, how – at what point do you cease to be a human? Okay. What is um, it? Okay. Have you seen Chappie? No. Okay. No, I want to, but I figure I've seen Short Circuit. <laughs> Have you seen Transcendence? I don't know. With Johnny Depp? No, no, I okay. have not seen that. Both of them have the same issue, and I don't want to spoil it, so maybe we can put a spoiler organ? Or maybe not spoil it because I have to hear it. Okay. <laughs> well, then I can't. This is of no fruit <laughs> so to our conversation. I just shut you down, didn't I? Yeah, we're done with that. Oh, man, so okay. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to see Chappie, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I watched it on VidAngel, so it was censored from the language and everything. But uh, it was it took a very interesting twist that I was not expecting. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. Okay, so you say there's one question of, or I shouldn't say you say. We have said there's one question of at what point do you stop being human? And I would say in fiction, you stop being human when you die. You know, but your body, your your soul is going to it can be trans transferred from one body to another. And you just accept that in fiction that okay, here's this robot body and it has a human soul in it. Why? Because <laughs> because that's the story they're telling and you're you just accept it. Unless they're gonna choose to tell a story where that's not what happens. Uh, where they're going to try and be more, you know, realistic and gritty, and um, you know, the the soul gets copied into the body, but is it just a copy? Is it a Xerox? You know, where it has like degradation, and it's something new, right? Which is something that I think that's a legitimate storytelling uh, device. Yeah, is to say, okay, well, this thing has been downloaded over and over and over, but at this point, it's 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 something new because it's it's been rebirthed every time um and it's a copy it's not the original but uh here's another question evan okay at what point do you become a cyborg because and this is where we can kind of get into some real world application but this whole idea of um of technology body modification um, you be using that to enhance or to replace, I would say, and, and this is not, I'm not the only person saying this, but someone wearing glasses is a cyborg mm-hmm. because they are using technology to enhance or replace something that was lost. And see, I would not say that, Ben. Scientists would say that, though. Social scientists would say that. Ah, uh. Um, Social scientists. Yeah, so you can say that you know in terms of we have this term cyborg, you know, but right um, the whole idea of using technology to enhance and using technology to um, assist, um, you know, someone in a mechanical wheelchair, they are in some ways a cyborg. And what happens is, and I've seen this, and this is what made me want to do this episode, honestly, is from watching. My son, my five-year-old son with his glasses. 
and how his glasses, when they get bumped, it's like part of him has gotten bumped. And they, and our body actually reacts to things like that. Um, the way you move your arm and use your muscles when you have a sword or a tennis racket in your hand is different than when you don't. And that becomes an extension of you. And it affects you physically when, like, if you have a baseball bat and you hit something wrong, you feel the pain go up your arm, you know, th- through the bat to your arm. And so these are things that are extending your body, enhancing your body, and giving you abilities that you wouldn't have if you weren't to hold them in your hand or put them on your face. And that's even, and I, I don't know if social scientists would be with me on this one, but um, the car, your car becomes an extension of you. And it is technology that allows you to move faster from one place to another. And I think that's part of where road rage comes from, <laughs> is that when someone has you know hit your car or almost hit your car, it becomes more personalized with you as a driver than it does for you as a passenger because you, as a driver, the car is more of an extension of you. And so I, I don't know if, if that holds up to any social science scrutiny or anything like that, but um, yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting how these things uh, I've also heard people say that um, your phone that you carry with you, mm-hmm. that becomes a an extension of your brain, and it does things for you that your brain doesn't have to. This comes from an idea as I was listening. I think it was How Stuff Works. It might have been Stuff You Should Know, but they were talking about your phone being um, artificial memory. You don't have to remember phone numbers because your phone remembers it for you and does the job for you and enhances and allows you to carry more information and your brain can do other things and you don't need to remember those things. So that's where I would say, you know, you, you're fine with your definition of cyborg and, and that, but I, I'm liking this idea of, okay, so let's explore this a little bit. And what does this mean, you know, for, for human beings that we are using technology to enhance our everyday life? Well, with your definition, I mean, We've we are, been we're, we're cyborgs. Yeah, and we've been cyborgs since almost the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, true. Um, right back to uh, using animal skins to protect our bodies and cover up. You know, it's right, or or, or using a spear, or yeah, you know, a hoe, you know, whatever. Yeah, a wheel. And that's where it's it's interesting. I mean, the cyborg, the the obvious definition, where you're thinking of robot parts, that's that's one thing. But then you have this other idea that we are we are extending our bodies beyond our bodies and doing things to extend our abilities and beyond what we can do, what we could do normally. And speaking I've- of speaking of, I just thought of one more cyborg. Okay. <laughs> you ever see Babe Pig in the City? No, I've seen Babe the first one. <laughs> well, Babe Pig in the City has him meet up with a group of ragtag dogs and I think cats too. And there's one uh, dog that has uh, wheels 
on his hind end instead of hind legs. Right. Um, cyborg. <laughs> Absolutely. And see, I think that's where, you know, that that's a very, very, very broad definition of cyborg if you extend it to horse and buggies and things like that. But I'd say a more modest uh, definition, not necessarily even the fictional definition, is just something that is attached to your body that allows that that is an extension of of your abilities so not necessarily a car but if it's like if you have a uh if your shins have been removed you know and you've got mechanical uh lower legs that you can literally attach and clamp to your body i'd say that qualifies you as a cyborg glasses i'd even go with glasses you could say glasses because it it stays on your body it's an attachment to you that enables to that enables you to see so i feel like it's got to have some sort of more permanent attachment to you to qualify as being a cyborg like a like a uh artificial heart or an artificial lung or or something like that or a steel tibia whatever sure sure and you know what honestly it doesn't really matter but no, it doesn't. I I just like the the thought experiment of yeah. your car becomes an extension of you, and it might have been even in that same episode of that that podcast where they were talking about. No, no, it was something different. It was the same podcast, but a different episode where they were talking about road rage, and people who have bumper stickers on their car are more likely to experience road rage, huh. and it's because at least this is what the the application is here is you have personalized it right and made it more like you more of your personality and everything like that and so yeah and whether it's they're intruding on like personal space or whether it's they're intruding on an extension of you these are you know it's it's interesting i i highly highly recommend stuff you should know and stuff uh uh how stuff works. Those two podcasts, they're very, very interesting podcasts and they, they're done by people who understand Christianity, but they're not done by, from what I understand, uh, practicing Christians. Mm. Um, but definitely people who've had Christian, um, history in, in their family and, and in their childhood. And so there will be things that come up in, in some of the worldview stuff that, might not agree you might not agree with if you're listening to strangers and aliens because you yourself are a christian but the the science stuff that they get into and um just the weird goofy fun stuff like silly putty and slinkies and and that kind of thing how they're made there it's good stuff nice it's good it's fun stuff so yeah so you know we we talked about trying to come up with a you know spiritual uh, application Evan, did you yep. come up with anything? Because I have one thing that I just think of when we have this this kind of discussion, but it really doesn't fit. I mean, and I say this because this is in the front of my mind. I don't know when this episode is going to come out in relation to the YouTube video that we just did today. It's going <laughs> to come out about um, weak connections um, or reading too much into something, but uh it does. I, I do think of Genesis one, where God tells uh, Adam and Eve, "Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, um, rule over the fish, 
and and all that. And this technology idea just reminds me of, um, you know, using the things that God has given us, mm-hmm. and and that it's it's not bad, you know, to to use metal to make a hook hand. You know, so you can you're able to do things that you wouldn't have been able to do because you lost it or something like that. Right. Which, by the way, you you mentioned Long John Silver, Captain Hook, Long John Silver from oh, yeah. Real Treasure Island. You know, he's, he's got a peg leg. He's got a peg leg. I can't yeah. remember if he has a hook hand. He does but, not. Uh, Captain Hook himself, yes. especially from Steven Spielberg's Hook, interchangeable hooks. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's able to do everything with that thing. Absolutely. Oh, I love that movie. He's a cyborg. But I, cause I know, I mean, we, now you're getting into medical questions and right. Um, and should that, we use medicine? Uh, should we, you know, what, how long do we, um, keep someone alive? Mm. Like through dialysis or through a, a machine that does the breathing for you? Um, those kind of things, you get into those questions. And that definitely, I feel like falls into or falls close to your definition of, of a cyborg where, you have a machine doing the job of your kidneys or your lungs or your heart. Yes, yes. And there's some interesting questions there. Yeah, and, and that's that's I mean that's the question also again of of when do you stop becoming human? Because if you're laying there and the only thing that's op- working is your organs, but your brain is no longer there, are you are you still are you still there? Is your soul still there? Same yeah. same thing. That's with a hard the, question. Too. It is. That's a super hard question. And. Um, then there's, you know, the same, the same thing with if, um, you know, if you copy your consciousness on into another robot, is that how many times are you going to do that? How, how dedicated are you to staying alive? When do you just need to stop? Yeah. I think here's the thing with that though. Copying your consciousness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so far that's sci-fi that's science fiction and and that's really whatever the storyteller is going to to give you right you know and and i would say i mean the more interesting way to take this and this is we've talked about this in in light of a story idea that we've we've been throwing around where you have someone copying their consciousness and they're not the same person you know it's they totally know okay as soon as i copy myself that's not me i'm not living forever Right, but that guy who's going to live the next sixty or seventy years has all my memories, but to him they're not experienced memories. Right, you know, and so the, you get into this. There's there's some more interesting things you can do with that, but I believe that's probably the closer to realism if it was possible to right copy your your consciousness into another thing uh, that you're you're looking at something closer to. Um, when you die, you die, and that other thing is not you. Right, it's just someone agree. very close to you. And for my spiritual application, I was going to draw. It's basically the same thing you were going to say: is that you know we should thank God that we live in a in a world where He allows us to make these uh, you know attachments or whatever that help us to live uh, better. Yeah, in in the world that in which we live and. And it's not it's not bad or evil. It's it's a God given blessing. Yeah, yeah. Unless, and, unless you use it for evil. Well, that's just it. I mean, and, and your whole your body can be used for Absolutely. evil. Yeah. You don't you don't need extra things. Um, but again, your evilness comes from your actions and your choices and how you use what God has given you. 
that's really i mean that's down to the first the first sin you know that tree was there how did they use that tree you know that they ate from well they used it wrong they they used it in the one way they were told not to and it's it's your choice your evilness comes from you unless maybe your half your brain got replaced with an evil artificial intelligence brain and now you're warring against yourself and now we're stepping into another question but we are it's interesting you know going back to my my 5-year-old son he hates when a show has someone get taken over hmm. by like an evil thing we're watching ninja go the the lego ninja characters right. mm-hmm. and um he's really enjoying it but there's this whole hypnotizing snake thing Hmm. where it happens it's happened three times now i think with three different characters where they've been hypnotized by the snakes to do bad things and it really really bothers my son Hmm. and i remember um land of the lost (laughs) this is i shouldn't tell stories about my brother here because it's going to make him look bad a little bit he was little (laughs) though but there is this thing where they picked up this rod there was a silver, uh, you know, two foot long. It was it was like a, a twirling baton, with with no end on it. So that's the length of it. It didn't have like the white nubs at the at either end, and they would just held it. And, all, and when you hold it, their face would just go slack. Their eyes would kind of open a little bit wider, and then they'd walk around hypnotized like a zombie kind of thing. Mm. And it freaked my brother out. And so just I thought it'd be funny. But apparently it was not for him. My sister had a twirling baton and the ends had come off of it. So it was just this silver rod. And I picked it up and I started walking just like they did. In the <laughs> <of the> Lost. <laughs> and my brother freaked out, man. He He's no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Like, And I thought it would just be funny. And it freaked him out. So, of course, I did it over and over. <laughs> Of course. Of, of, of course. I mean, that's uh, what brothers do. Yeah. When right? I was, yeah, of course. When I was younger, my sister, uh, my, my youngest sister, I'm eight years older than her. And she, we, me and my other sister showed her Jumanji for the first time. She watched it and she was like, you could tell she was enjoying it, but also kind of freaked out by it. And so at the, at the end of the movie, you know, we were like, well, what are you going to do now? And I, I turned to her and I said, well, Lydia, do you want to? play Jumanji and she was like haha very funny little did she know I had the board game in the garage and she'd never seen it before uh, and so I went back and I got it you should have seen the look at her face when I brought it out her eyes got so big <sighs> well but back to the my my brother and my son <laughs> that brings up the question of you know how responsible are you when an evil force has taken over your body and is forcing you to do these things and right and it's a whole nother question for a absolutely whole thing. absolutely and it's and it's also it's that's a relevant question to you know people with a, a mental disorder or something where it's or like schizophrenia it, how much is it really you and how much is it is mm-hmm. it, is it your disease you know or even a yeah a brain injury or because mm-hmm. I, I do know of people who um after having a brain injury their personality changes Mm. and they start doing things that they would have never done before Mm. um it's interesting that's crazy i mean 
on, on some level for us, it's interesting. And actually on, on some of this, as we're having this conversation about, you know, using technology is, uh, for us, it's kind of a thought experiment for us. It's kind of a sci-fi funness, um, you know, watching cyborg, <laughs> right. The $6 million man. But there are people that that's their life, you know, and, mm. um, they are dealing with, with, uh, just adverse effects of, of things from their environment and having to to deal with that. I have a friend who she's she's in a, a wheelchair and she gets so mad. And I totally get this now. She said, I hate it when people say confined to a mm. wheelchair. She said, I am not confined to a wheelchair. This wheelchair frees me. This wheelchair gives me mobility this wheelchair allows me to get from place to place and I can get there on my own. Mm. Actually, another friend of mine who recently passed away, um, his, his mother, uh, when people would come and talk to her, they would say, oh, we're so sorry, you know, and which you, which you do. But then they would say, you know, he's up in heaven running and jumping right now and he's free from his chair and she doesn't say anything. But in her mind, and she said this to us uh, as a group when we were, we were at camp, and she said, you know, but he loved that chair. He loved that chair because it allowed him to do things. And and it is. It's a gift. I mean, technology, the time and place we live in right now, it, a lot of what we live in is a gift. Just being in this year absolutely, with this technology it's a gift. So every, every spring, I, I thank God that I live in the, a time where there are tissues. <laughs> I have horrible allergies and I just think, man, God, if you had let me be born in the middle ages, I would have, I would have died. I they just been had dead. tissues. Yeah, they did. It would have been awful. They, you just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. The well, whole idea of the hanky. Oh, that's so gross. You wipe your nose, you fold it up, put it back in your pocket. Siaki. I mean, I guess when you're thinking of sustainability, paper creation, and all that kind of thing, <laughs> maybe it's good for the environment to have a hanky. Yeah. but Or you could just blow your nose to the leaf. Oh, it's gross. And then it would be even worse because it would just make your allergies worse. <laughs> oh, thank you, God, for tissues. All right. And on that note, we kind of meandered all over the place here, but I think we we stuck with our main points here, right? Yeah. 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 I think we did okay. it. Well, I want to say, Evan, thanks for spending time with me, hanging out with me. Yeah. And uh, talking with me, even though we don't necessarily agree on our definitions of cyborgism. It's all good. Well, it's all good. You got some points, just not the classic definition, not the classic def, not the class def. Yeah. I, I, you have any final words? Was that your final word? Is class stuff going to be no, your final word? No, my final words are go watch Inspector Gadget. Okay. And my final words, I don't even need to say it because you know what I'm going to say. But my final words, thanks for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com 
or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. I really don't know if that makes any kind of logical sense, but I said it anyway. Yeah.